With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. As Marvin said when he came in today, we did it. Marv Madness in April. Yay. Yep. Marv, the Celebrity Bracket Challenge winner. Seton finished second. Jim Beheim rounding out the top three. <laughs> UConn grad, Marvin the Fresh Prince, and our Huskies did it last night in convincing fashion. No one thought it was possible, <laughs> but we did it for a fifth time. Yep, you and Danny Hurley. Here is the UConn head coach after winning it all. Big East was the best conference in the country this year. We were the most successful in the NCAA tournament, and we have the national championship. So we were the best league in the country this year, and I don't think that's going to change with the type of coaches that now have moved around. I don't think we're going anywhere. I know we're not. Big East, a historical basketball conference, but, you know, they had the gold rush for TV contracts and football programs in 2013, and then the conference looked unrecognizable. Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Notre Dame all decided to depart, and that was a major blow for what was once the best conference, basketball conference in America. But the Big East is back. Connecticut's win last night. The Big East has now won three of the last seven national titles. Villanova's an elite program. St. John's just got Rick Pitino. Georgetown poached former Providence coach Ed Cooley, Xavier Creighton, Marquette. They were all top six seeded teams in the tournament. Transfer portal is changing college sports right before our very eyes. And there's no reason to think that the Big East won't be formidable once again in 2024. A lot was made of, well, is Connecticut a blue blood? Well, they might be a new blood because I think of blue bloods. These are schools that won titles back in the 40s or 50s or 60s. And that's why they got the name or label blue bloods. Connecticut has been the best program as far as winning national titles in the last 25 years. You know, it's, Five and, you know, 24 years. 
it's just they have been sporadic. They've been really, really good, and then they've been average or not even making the tournament, getting a coach fired. But having three different coaches winning national championships is very impressive. But when we look at Blue Bloods, and I don't know why we get caught up in that. It's like mid-majors. You know, is Gonzaga mid-major? Hey, we're not a mid-major. Who cares? You're just a really good basketball program. Hey, we're a Blue Blood. Okay, do you want to be a blue blood? Because some of those blue bloods haven't done much recently. Yeah, Seaton. It's almost like that's why this is a huge topic this year. It's because the blue bloods are not relevant. Well, they're not blue. You know, they're a different shade, a lighter shade. They're like a light blue, not a dark blue. It's like the Blue Bloods have a lot of people in sports media who are sort of like bringing the topic up. Like, no, 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 no. Remember, they're actually not in our group yet still, UConn. They're Mm. in like the Gonzaga group. They're Mm. not in our group yet because we still own it. Yeah, Gonzaga hasn't won anything. They're a great program. Are they a Blue Blood? No. Are they a mid-major? No. I think we got to get rid of all those designations because of what is happening in college athletics now. Because you can, I mean, you know, San Diego State coming out of nowhere or Florida Atlantic coming out of nowhere. Get used to this. Because I do think, and we'll talk to Seth Greenberg from the Mothership, I think the formula is let's have a couple of guys that we recruit, but then let's bring in a couple of these players who might be seniors or they might be grad students. This is really what's happening with college basketball because of name, image, and likeness. Transfer portal, and you can make some money there. This is, it, this, it's formulaic. These coaches are going to look at who is successful. Why are they successful? I mean, Kim Mulkey at LSU, she had one player. All of a sudden, she goes, let me revamp the roster. Come on in. Who wants to play for me? Hall of Fame coach. They end up winning a national championship. Uh, Danny Hurley did a wonderful job getting the right players to fit in with players that he already had. All right, I got ahead of myself because Marv's so excited today. One of the great days in his life. And as far as your son being born, getting married, and UConn winning the national championship, how would you rank those? So right now, my wedding and my son's birth are fighting for number two. Okay, all right, (laughs) rightfully so. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Information on the new batch of moonshine will be available later today when we send out to the DP Show newsletter. You can go to danpatrick.com to sign up for the newsletter. This program, this hour, brought to you by Meguiar's. They have the hybrid ceramic tire shine. Beautiful. Renews dull tires by darkening the appearances and adding long-lasting high gloss, and it keeps shining even when exposed to water. Give Meguiar's hybrid ceramic tire shine a try. Meguiar's. Reflect your passion. Poll question today is going to be handled by Seton O'Connor, who is back with us today. Yay. What are we going to go with, Seton? Uh, we're going to go with something not UConn-related right out of the gate. How about oh, that? Oh. Uh, which had a better month, Major League Baseball or women's college basketball? Wow. Both had, both are just on fire right now. Yes. Yes. The big numbers for women's college basketball. Well, Let me put it this way. I think what baseball did is something that is going to last for a long, long time. I think it's impact on the game. Caitlin Clark had a huge impact on the women's game, the tournament. They had close to 10 million watching that national title game. And that's largely because of Caitlin Clark. 
LSU was the better team. We don't need to get into any arguments there. LSU was better. LSU, I guess, is getting invited to the White House. Is Iowa getting invited to the White House as well? Did Iowa? That is. Okay. Iowa does not need to get invited to the White House. You don't need a participatory trophy. All right? I think these girls are going to be fine. All right? Got to the national title game. Uh, invite L- Are you going to invite LSU and Iowa at the same time? That should go over really well. Angel Reese, is she going to be doing that to Caitlin Clark right there on the, uh, you know, in the Rose Garden? Yes, Tom. And Angel tweeted a joke. She didn't uh, really appreciate that they would both teams would get invited. To- yeah, yeah. But I, I'm trying to figure out what happened first. Did the White House say we want to invite LSU and then Iowa? Or was it Iowa and then we have to invite LSU because they won the national title? Yes, Paul. So as uh, First Lady Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, Doctor. she said uh, Monday at the Colorado State Capitol in Denver, she was talking, they're asking her different questions. She praised Iowa's sportsmanship and congratulated both teams on her performances. Quote, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So I hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe that I think Iowa should come, too, because they played such a good game. That was her quote. And then that went from there. Okay. Joe, I think, has veto power on this, right? I would assume I'm going to guess he President does. Biden can veto this. Yes, he I mean, maybe I'm misremembering, but Iowa didn't play a great game. They didn't. They didn't play a great game. No. They have in the past, but that game, if you were looking at that and be like, hey, you know what? This <laughs> Iowa team, they played a great game. Let's get them out. They didn't. Yeah. How many teams who don't win get invited to the White House? Checking. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing none. Um, I do think that, you know, the, what the new changes, the rule changes in baseball, that's something that's going to be historical. You know, how many Caitlin Clarks come along? If South Carolina played LSU in the national title game, what's the numbers there? Um, I think you got more eyeballs on the game, and I think that's great for the sport because I think you're looking at how these women are able to play. Uh, the game has changed. The game keeps changing, and that's a great thing. But as far as baseball, uh, that's going to be something in the next 10, 15 years that we'll look back on this. And it, I think it'll be a watershed moment of changing this game, saving this game. I think women's basketball is growing, and you saw that before your very eyes. But sometimes you have to get the right player in there, the right team in there, and that captures the imagination of people who may not follow this sport. Yes, Eden. When's the last time in the women's game you could look forward to this many games or teams or rivalries for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope they open the season. I hope that they somehow manipulate the schedule where Iowa gets to play LSU somewhere and have a, a, a double bill national title. You know, maybe UConn is going to be playing opening up. Yes, Mark. And we got to make sure that they don't play at like nine o'clock. So we we're talking about a double header. We can't have a seven and nine. We may have to have like a Saturday or Sunday because Paulie brought up a great point in our meeting about the kids. What's well, all about the kids? Well, especially in women's basketball, because there are so many young girls that play now more so than ever. And so definitely 3.30 yeah. start again. Yeah, and maybe that's where they just lock in that time. Normally, we're going to get a later time at night. And I think if you have appointment viewing and you get to watch the game, the entire game, I think that's really important. There are a lot of people probably watched on the East Coast or Midwest, didn't get to see the end of the game. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, UConn blew this open. It was interesting for a little while with San Diego State. They made a run, and, you know, at halftime, Charles Barkley said, you know, I still think, uh, you know, San Diego State's going to win. Knucklehead. General Salami. Yeah. And uh, 
Uh, all of a sudden, and I think Kenny Smith probably put you know put in some really good insight there as well. And then uh, second half, it was Connecticut pulling away, and I I thought it was going to be it, it got interesting, and then I never thought that UConn wasn't going to win it. UConn was a better team, and I didn't think San Diego State could score enough to stay in the game. And you saw that they had you know long stretches where they didn't score. Yes, Eaton. Hey, I mean, look, last night, okay, the better team won. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your analysis? <laughs> if you shoot 32% for the field, you can't win the national title. You, you, you normally can't. You cannot miss baskets and still win. Uh, Sonogo finished the tournament 118 points, 59 rebounds, shot just under 67% from the floor. The last time you had somebody with those numbers, there's been five in the last 40 years who've had at least 100 points, 50 rebounds while shooting 65% or better from the floor. Uh, let me see if there's anyone that might surprise you. Uh, Blake Griffin did it, Oklahoma, 2009. Sean May, North Carolina, 05. Juwan Howard, 1994 with Michigan. And Ala Abdul Nabi with oh. Duke, 1990. That's your wheelhouse. Sounded like stat of the day. Woo! In case you're wondering, stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. The last three teams to win a national title as a number three seed or worse. UConn this year is a four. UConn is a seven in 2014. UConn is a three in 2011. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Got to give them credit. Okay. All right. All right. Stat of the day. Yeah. They picked their spots. But uh, Connecticut, I don't even think they were ranked preseason. Then they had a really good start. And I mentioned this story, but I'll bring it up again because it was uh, I was reminded of this. I was in Jersey City, and uh, I ran into Bob Hurley, the father of Danny and Bobby Hurley, legendary high school coach. And we started talking. And I said, what happened to, you know, Danny's Huskies? He goes, well, they ran into conference play. You know, you're good prior to getting into conference play where we're finding out the Big East might be the best conference in basketball. And he started breaking this down a little bit. He said, but by playing that schedule, they'll be ready for March Madness. Yes, Seton. And you know, throughout the entire tournament, Danny Hurley was banging that drum. People would say, hey, you guys are on a great run. He'd be like, well, yeah, the conference schedule was really tough, but once we got out of conference, it was a breeze. Yes. He, he was just killing other conferences. Yes, and that's what his dad said before the tournament even started. Yeah. And it was just like, hey, they, they dominated, and then they got in the conference play, and you're not going to dominate in that conference. It's going to make them a better team at the end of the year. Made them national champs. Yeah, Paul. I don't know if this is a poll, but what what is Danny Hurley's career? What was it is akin to? He has a famous father, pretty famous in the high school coaching rankings. One of the all time famous high school coaches. His brother gets real famous at Duke and has a you know shortened NBA career and becomes a coach. Danny Hurley had a a nice college career, a nice coaching career, and now at age what fifty fifty one, he's a, he's now a star, like a late bloomer. Is there a, a Hollywood comparison to that, or famous siblings, or a sports comparison? It's not, it's not like Sylvester Stallone's brother winning an Academy Award, is it? Or uh, Well, but Frank didn't win anything. Right. What would it be like? Well, Del Curry was famous as a great shooter, okay. and then Steph came along and 
changed all of that. And then Seth Curry came in, but Seth hasn't won anything. So if Seth Curry wins most valuable player of the finals. Yes, then or, then maybe. There you go. Yeah, or goes into coaching and ends up uh, winning an NBA championship. Yeah, I don't know what the parallel would be with because he was always in the shadow of Bobby as a player. And even at coaching, he was at what? Wagner uh, on Staten Island? Wagner, uh, I think it was. Wagner? Yeah. Uh, Seton Hall, Rhode Island, and then got his big break. You know, and, and crowds were rough on, on Danny Hurley because he was never going to be Bobby. He was, I mean, Bobby's one of the great point guards in the history of college basketball. And then you have a father who's one of the great high school coaches in the history of high school basketball. But this is a big moment. That was a big moment. And uh, congratulations to him. It's like you're an overnight success at age 50. That's what it felt like for Danny Hurley. But um, they were the better team by far and blowing teams out. And it doesn't happen very often where you're winning by you know, close to 20 points every single game. March Madness. All right, we got a good poll question. I like that, Seton. Give it again before we go to break. We'll get to a phone call. Seth Greenberg, former college coach and mothership analyst, will join us to uh, kind of sum up everything that happened in the last month with college basketball. Yes, yeah, we got a. Uh, it's a Paul Papp special. Which had a better month? Major League Baseball, women's college basketball. All right, we'll take a break. Your phone call's coming up. By the way, we say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app and our radio affiliates around the country. Phone number is 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler is standing by. Email address, dp uh, at danpatrick.com. And at DP Show is our Twitter handle. Once again, sign up for the newsletter. All the information about the new batch of Azalea Moonshine will be available later on today. Take a break. We're back after this. Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This program brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes. They say good things come to those who wait. Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time at all to set up a test drive your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. I mentioned the non-conference schedule by Connecticut. If you include the NCAA tournament, Connecticut went 17-0 versus non-Big East opponents. The average margin of victory in those 17 games was just over 24 points per game. Connecticut won every game against non-East, uh, Big East opponents by at least 10 points. And that goes back to what Bobby Hurley uh, Sr. said to me. Hey, non-conference, no problem. They got into conference play, they struggled, but that would make them better at the end of the year and actually made them national champions. Seth Greenberg of the Mothership joining us on the program. And as Fritzy wanted uh, me to make sure I pointed out, Seth is a, a member of the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame and uh, went in there in 2012. Uh, good Yontif, Machinachas, and uh, Passover coming up here, Seth. So uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good to see you. I hope you're feeling well. And, uh, man, I'll tell you one thing. It's been interesting last three weeks with the NCAA tournament. It's wait, wait, wait. What do you get for going into the Jewish Hall of Fame? Uh, you get, you know, you go to Dick's Hills. You get a nice little, uh, little trophy. Your mom has, you know, feels good about you for <laughs> for a while until she does it. Uh, and it's it's a mitzvah. It's, uh, you know, and it's one of the, you know, and it's one of the few Hall of Fames you go in and they don't ask you for your check after you, you go in. Okay. <laughs> uh, if I would have said this is how basketball is going to end in April, Connecticut winning. And what we saw in the women's game with Iowa and LSU, what would be more surprising with the reaction and surprises that we had? I would probably, man, that is tough. I would say Connecticut because they were not, they were unranked coming into the season. I mean, Connecticut lost to New Mexico State in the opening round of the NCAA tournament a year ago. They brought in, they lost their backcourt. They brought in uh, uh, Tristan Newton, uh, who was a two guard, and they moved to point guard. Now, look, they had good pieces. But they hadn't come together. They had a red shirt in Alex Caravan who hadn't played a minute of basically Division One college basketball yet. Uh, he had a huge impact on this team. They were relying on a freshman coming off the bench, Donovan Klingon. So I would say that it would probably be K- 
Connecticut. Uh, their journey has been phenomenal. And uh, the move back to the Big East was the vehicle. Yeah. But the driver of that bus, Danny Hurley, that dude is he's the real deal. If I said that you could recruit players or you could do transfer portal if you were still coaching, so you could get high school players or you go transfer, what would you use? I'd find a balance. I would use the transfer portal to fill in basically spots where we needed help. They lost their backcourt. They needed a guard. They went there. They also recruited Donovan Klingon, who's going to be the best post player in college basketball next year. So I think you've got to find a balance. Look, the Blue Bloods can always recruit high school players because they're only recruiting the very best high school players. Here's the problem. It's those other guys that they're recruiting high school players that maybe not already that have to take time to, to, to understand how to play hard, yeah. how to play with other good players. The problem is the lack of patience for those guys. Those guys go to a place and you know what? There's a good chance they're going to leave because the static around all of these young players, Dan, is so great that if they don't get what they want when they want it, they they feel like the best thing is to move on. And that's where I, I think Connecticut has really done a good job. They've gotten some high school guys, developed those guys. They've bought in. Uh, and he's he didn't just acquire talent. What he's done is he's built a team. The pieces fit. They embrace roles. Uh, they don't do what they can't do. You know, I heard you talking a little earlier about uh, the conversation with the non-conference. They lost six of eight. Well, first of all, Danny had COVID. He missed a bunch of practices. You get into league play, there are no surprises. There are no surprises in league play. People know what they're going to give, what they're going to take away, what who they're going to force to make plays. So you're going to lose games in league play. I mean, they lost twice to Xavier, very, very good team. They lost at Providence. Uh, St. John's, I think, at home was a little bit of a shocker. They lost to a certain style of team. But uh, watching them practice, and I go watch them practice a whole bunch, the standard they set in practice is unbelievable. The guy can really coach it. The other thing you guys were talking about earlier is Danny Hurley didn't miss any steps, Dan. Right? Look, his, his basketball career as a player was maybe what everyone wanted it to be. He faced his demons. He lived with it. He was an assistant coach to his dad at St. Anthony's. His dad runs the best practice I've ever seen, including watching Yubi Brown, John Calipari, Bill Self, and any other person that – we would all know who they are. His dad is a master teacher and coach. Assistant coach for his dad. Assistant coach at Rutgers got fired. Head coach at St. Benedict's High School built a national high school power. Wagner, low division one, 25 games his last year. Rhode Island, mid-major, all right? Back-to-back NCAA tournaments, advancing the tournament. And then to UConn. So, like, he's 50 years old, but he paid his dues. Nothing was given to him. He took he went step by step to build uh, an understanding of what it takes to be an elite leader, an elite coach. He grew as the season went along this year. So uh, I- I'm so impressed with his growth and what he's been able to do. He's Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst. You start to look at what is, you know, sports are, it's a copycat sport. When, yeah. You know, like the uh, greatest show on turf, the Rams. Everybody wanted to be like that. Everybody wants to be like Golden State. Now you start to look at college basketball, and is there a blueprint that you think, and maybe this isn't for the Blue Bloods, but the mid-majors, although I can't call UConn a mid-major, but the blueprint for success in the next five years or ten years, are, are we witnessing that with name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal? Yeah, I think that 
I think the blueprint is to find a balance, uh, but never lower your standard. Uh, that you know, you've got to have a foundation. Look, we're, we're looking at these teams that are in the final four year and year and year and year. They're veteran teams. They're teams that are invested in winning. They're guys that buy into roles. I mean, think about the Villanova national championship teams, right? They weren't one and done teams. They were teams that were put together and grew. Think about North Carolina's national championship teams. They had great players, they had pros, but they weren't one and done. They were experienced. Think about Baylor and that great backcourt. All right, they were upper class guys. Think about this Connecticut team. So I think you got to find a balance uh, between the player development, evaluating and recruiting. The most important part of recruiting is evaluating who can play for your head coach, uh, and then filling those voids in with the right transfers that will buy in and take you from a good team to a great team. Uh, each school is different, but the top. 20s, the blue bloods, quote unquote blue bloods. And I, Connecticut's a blue blood. Five national championships since 1999. Think about this. During that time period, Kentucky's got one, Kansas has got two, Duke's got three, Carolina's got three, Connecticut's got five. So, I mean, the blue bloods are going to be able to recruit elite players, but just acquiring talent doesn't win games. But look, like, at- they've got a McDonald's All American coming in, but, you know, they've also got guys returning. But look at John Calipari and his blueprint. He's had more talent than any coach probably has in the last 30 years. More players drafted. Yeah. You know, He loves yeah. to point out they've made billions of dollars. But it doesn't work in the bigger picture of winning championships. And he's got another unbelievable recruiting class coming in. Are we going to see the same with you know Kentucky and, and Coach Cal? Got a lot of talent, and they're going to be one and done. That's why he's got to compliment into the portal. That's why he's got he's got to get Oscar Sheba to come back first and foremost, which I think he actually will end up coming back. Uh, but he's got to compliment DJ Wagner and that recruit Bradshaw, that recruiting class. Yeah. He's got to compliment them with juniors and seniors that will be great role players. Juniors and seniors in the portal that will basically coach their locker room. You're only as good as your locker room. Like, like, like whatever we do, all right, what, what you do, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, right? So who's going to coach their locker room? Who's going to teach those young kids? I, like, I saw something the other day, McDonald's All-American game. They interviewed that freshman class, and they said, we're going to be the freshman class that brings Coach Cal another championship. Those guys have no clue of how hard college <laughs> basketball is. They're watching this stuff on TV, Dan. They're thinking, oh, yeah, that's easy. And you know what? This is not EYBL. This is not grassroots basketball. There's a guy coaching that other team that knows exactly what he's going to give and what he's going to take away. He knows your weaknesses. He's going to force you to your weaknesses. You need someone to teach those guys how to play with other good players, how to compete. You can't win, I don't think, with five freshmen. You need veteran maturity, toughness that can coach your locker room so that when you go and lose six of eight, like, here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. They lose six of eight, Connecticut. If they had a team of freshmen and it's six of eight, now we're getting into February. The static around those kids, all right, that think they're one and dones or are one and dones, they're not thinking about winning an national championship. They're thinking about, we got four more weeks. I got to get my workout guy. I got to get ready for my interviews. I got to get ready for the draft. They're not thinking about winning a championship because. They're, or they don't have both feet in. It's just, it's impossible 
the, the, the economy of college basketball in relation to the NBA draft of one and done, it's impossible if you hit a roadblock like Connecticut hit, losing those games, maybe to keep your team together if you're just one and done. You've got to have someone in that locker room that the focus is and a coaching step that the focus is, all right, where we are right now. And I think that's that's going to be the formula. You know, having spoken to, well, Jay Wright and Jim Beheim, the relief, like the, the sense of relief that they're not coaching anymore is really unbelievable. That you would think, God, they're going to miss it. Uh, Tom Izzo is still doing it. I mean, these guys, there's a couple of dinosaurs, but not many. You know, they. I think they're looking at this NIL and transfer portal and, you know, what is going on? I mean, Patino is going to coach till he dies. But yeah, some of these. So Izzo. Yeah. But some of these guys are like, you know, I got to. I mean, Jay Wright said, yeah, unbelievable. This weight lifted off my shoulders. It's, it's, yeah. It does damage to these coaches. Uh, and I oh. wonder how many can be in there for the long haul anymore. You like everything for Jay Wright. My daughter played volleyball in Villanova, so I was around him all the time. Is about the culture. How can you maintain a culture in this environment of college basketball? I mean, it's really, really hard because it's so easy to walk. And NIL is not NIL, man. Let's face it, it's pay for play. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it NIL, but it's not NIL. A collective isn't NIL, it's pay for play, which is fine. I like, I have like people say, oh, you're no, I have no problem, but let's call it what it is. Let's not let's not label it something it isn't. I think in the next four years we're going to have players are going to have two year contracts, so that will control the transfer portal. But I also think next four years we're going to have four conferences. The NCAA tournament's going to be those four conferences. The one bid leagues are all going to go into one pool. They're going to play each other to play into the NCAA tournament. So more teams from those four conferences that might have twenty or twenty five teams in them uh, will be in the tournament because basically that's where the money is being generated. But uh, yeah, it's something, it's another thing you got to manage. You know, I saw Jay the other night at dinner. It was funny. Uh, I asked Patty, I said, you enjoying retirement? Cause that's what my wife calls what I do now retirement, <laughs> you know, cause the season's over. And uh, she, she turned to Karen and my wife, she's, we are loving it. Yeah. So, you know, it, look, the business has changed. It's always been a business, but we never got in. Guys in my generation never got into it for money. It became money, but, like, you just wanted a team to coach. My first job was 12-5. I mean, I was happy as a lark. You know, I thought I was a millionaire. You know, my first job at, at, at head coaching job was $60,000. I thought I was a millionaire. I never had an agent for coaching. I was an idiot. You know, but, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – yeah, you get a team to coach. That's what you always want to do. You you live in your dream. You you know you didn't think it. Now it's a business. Backup point guards in college basketball making more than that. Oh goodness gracious! I mean, I think a lot of schools are doing a cro- what I call cross the board. So they have either collectives where everyone makes the same amount. I mean, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if you put your Dan, I just want to let you know if you put your name in the portal and became a free agent. All right. You could make a lot of a lot of money, and then I'll tell you the other thing is now you've got these new we used to call them runners that would like get on college campuses, develop relationships with players, then hand them off to the agent. Now the runners are agents, but what they're doing is you had a pretty good season. I come to say, Dan, you know you had a pretty good season. You know, it's great that you're at school X, Y, and Z. But I tell you, I just talked to these guys <laughs> over here; they really like you. 
the starting figure is X. Well, but wait a second, but I really like where I'm at. I'm playing for coach. I'm, you know, I, I like my role. I like my teammates. Whoa, whoa, you're not listening now. Dan, I'm telling you, this school here, well, yeah, that sounds great because that agent's going to get 20% of the deal, number one. So do they have unconditional love? And number two is, like, as, as, as a player, you've got to understand it's like an NBA trade. You always know what you're getting rid of. You never know what you're getting. But it is also a business. And, but look at that kid at Oral Roberts. is crazy. That kid at Oral Yeah, I mean, he's going to be – He's going to make some money on the open market here. Oh man, he's going to some money. That, yeah. that dude's that's that dude, if if Nigel Pack's worth four hundred thousand a year for two years, basically eight hundred thousand dollars an apartment and a car. Max Asmus, <laughs> that dude's making that that dude's making a half million dollars. Yeah. Easy, e, yeah, at least, yeah, easy. Well, okay, no names. Best recruiting story that you ever heard about what somebody got. The best recruiting story, uh, league. You mean back in the day? Whenever, well, the, yeah, whatever yeah, somebody back, got. Look, look, back, look, back in the day, what, what it came down to, there was honor amongst thieves, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, I can just tell you, my my funniest recruiting story is I'm recruiting a kid. This is personal, and it's it's not about a lot, but I walk into a gym in Georgia, and Wimp Sanderson is there, and and Sonny Smith is there. And I was working for Bill Foster at Miami. We're just starting a program down. And I sit down and I sit with Coach Sanderson and and uh, and Coach Smith. And they turned to me legitimately straight-faced and said, Seth, I know Bill don't cheat. And my opening number is 50, which was 50,000. That was like in, in 84, 85. And I know Sonny's going to go to 100. So what the <laughs> hell are you doing here? And, and and I mean like back in the and I I remember that was before so I I I got I got it <laughs> back to the hotel. I called Coach Foster and he, the first question he asked was, Well, who was there? And I said, Sonny and Wimp. He goes, Well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that was so funny. He 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 I said, Coach, I thought we he goes, We're done. It's like a card game. We we got to know when to hold them and when to, when to fold them. Next next prospect. <laughs> Great to talk to you, and uh, oh, thanks, thanks for joining for us as me. always. All right, thank I you, appreciate Seth. Appreciate you, man. That's uh, you. Seth Greenberg, former college coach, uh, ESPN college basketball analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Spent a lot of time in the first hour. Pat and Marvin on the back. Marv Madness as his Yukon Huskies rolled over San Diego State and doing so in convincing fashion. Fifth title in program history. Fifth title since 1999. Masters week, by the way. The weather does not look good. I was curious who uh, is favored here and the odds for Tiger Woods. How about to win? Tiger to win the Masters, plus 8,000 to make the cut, minus 295. Top 10 finish, plus 550. Top 20 is plus 225. As far as the uh, odds to win it all, it's uh, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy, the co-favorites, followed by John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, and Jordan Spieth. Also, the uh, Live Tour players are able to compete in the Masters, and... The best odds to win, and I would jump on these odds, Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith at plus 2,200. Then Patrick Reed. Phil Mickelson is plus 30,000. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth here between the two tours. You know, if I'm on the PGA Tour, I am grateful for the Live Tour because they did raise the prize money. We got some improvements on the PGA Tour. And this what, you know, Phil Mickelson was trying to get this years ago. And it's come to fruition. 
but at the expense of some of these players who are on the Live Tour. But the Live Tour players make it seem like, or Greg Norman, who's running the Live Tour, hey, if one of our guys is, wins the Masters, it's going to be a big deal. Well, you spent a ton of money on these players. They should be really good. Why would you be surprised, Greg, if Cam Smith ends up winning? Or Dustin Johnson? Or Patrick Reed? Brooks Kepka? I wouldn't be. You spent hundreds of millions of dollars on these players. It's like an investment, and then we're supposed to be surprised that the investment paid off. These are really good players. They just chose a different path. They took the money and went to the Live Tour and disappeared. Now they're back. I look forward to seeing them. I miss seeing these players. But this, you know, grudge that they have, their chip on their shoulder, you created this. And then now you want to be welcomed back with open arms? You tried to dismantle the PGA Tour. And now you're back to playing the Masters? I look forward to seeing these great players. And I hope they play great. I hope Rory is matched with Dustin Johnson or Cam Smith at some or Patrick Reed. Remember the video where Patrick Reed wanted to talk to Rory McIlroy a couple of months ago and Rory wanted nothing to do with him? And he flicked a tee at Rory uh, who had his back turned to Patrick Reed. That would be some good TV there. But the weather is not promising in Augusta. I think it's going to be beautiful today and tomorrow, but that doesn't help us come Thursday. Yes, Paulie? Yeah, you got 90 tomorrow for the par 3, partly cloudy, but then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, over a 60% chance of rain all three days. Par 3 contest will be coming up on Wednesday. By the way, today's the best day to go to the Masters, in my opinion, because you have more access there. Practice rounds are great. There's more interaction with the players and uh, the opportunity to maybe get autographs far easier, better. The circumstances a lot more relaxed there. Tuesday is a big day. It's really hard to get tickets to the Masters unless you're scalping them. But if you get to go on a Tuesday or you can go on a Tuesday, do so. Because you know, it's almost like a, a spring training game where you're able to see the talent, the players, and it feels like it's a more relaxed atmosphere before it starts to get really serious. Yes, Todd? I heard the live golfers are asking for $1,000 a pop to sign their... That's not cool. That's not true. It's like my little greed joke. I oh, in there. okay. I do have a question, though, with the whole live and the PGA golfers. Are they allowing trash talk on the uh, at the Masters? I know everything's all buttoned up and it's somewhat snobby over the years and there's a certain way of doing things. But if things get heated... You think that would happen but among live golfers and non-live golfers? Like, you can't see me, or here's well, my... How's it, how's it going to get heated? Well, they just say stuff to each other, which you would normally not expect to see in the Masters. This would be a prime opportunity to say stuff to each other. I don't think there are many players on the PGA Tour who are going to say anything to the Live Tour players. I think, you know, Rory would get the brunt of it, but I, I don't think anybody's going to be tugging on Tiger's cape. I don't think Bryson DeChambeau is going to say, hey, Tiger, why'd you freeze me out? Why don't you talk to me anymore? I think if anybody would get it, it would be Rory because he's been sort of the figurehead here. And Freddie Couples has said some things, but Freddie's not going to be in competition. You know, he's going to play, but he's, he's not a factor. Yes, he can. I would think, too, that PGA and Augusta National don't want the Masters to be all about the Live Tour. No. They do. I think that they're going to want to squash this uh, as quickly as possible. By the way, info on the next drop of Tailgate Moonshine will be in today's newsletter. Give you all the details there of what's coming up later on this week. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Thank you. Download the app. Watch this show for free.
all three hours, and our radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 390. Yes, Paulie? I've got prices on Masters tickets. Dan. Right. You right. can get them in the secondary market. You want to play Guess the Price? This is for a two-day badge, Saturday, Sunday. So you Ooh. get to go both Saturday and Sunday. Okay. What is the best price you can get in the building for? One person, one ticket. Three grand. Real close, 3300 yeah. bucks. That's the best price you can get. Because I've paid that price before. I paid uh, twenty seven hundred. But doesn't it for feel two days. like a good spending of money? Because you're you're at a place where it's not like the Super Bowl. Those can be obtained. It's a it's a bucket list thing to do. And if you could do it, maybe with your your father or your son or your daughter, your mom wants to go. It's it's one of those that it it's worth the splurge to go and see it. It's prettier than you think. It's it's more magical than you think. The sounds are incredible. Um, and it's all close. You know, the holes are really close together. And once you get in, the food is cheap, believe it or not. They, they don't price gouge you there. It's the secondary market that roughs you up with uh, the tickets. Yeah, Seaton. Yeah, I always laugh at that. It's like three grand a ticket, but like, hey, they don't get you on the sandwiches. It's yeah, like, but yeah, it's but so Augusta, obviously meant to keep people out. <laughs> but Augusta is not charging those tickets. The secondary market charges those tickets, and those badges are handed down through generations. It's 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 difficult to get it uh, unless you're buying it on second secondary market. Mm. It's almost like buying a bourbon, Pappy Van Winkle bourbon. The bourbon itself is not expensive. It's those who have it and they sell it in the, the second. Person who buys it and is now selling it. Yes, right. yes, yes, Todd. Yeah, getting a $2 pimento sandwich. I don't know how many of those I'd have to get to feel like it balances out the cost of the $3,300 ticket I just spent. Yes, Paul. I was thinking about the Masters and the other majors, their their strategy against the Live Tour in the past year. You know, their strategy, I think a lot of people thought they would bar Kepka and those guys, Cam Smith, from playing in the majors. And that would hurt the Live Tour and hurt those guys. Maybe their strategy was the opposite because all the Live Tour guys are playing this weekend. So now I get to see Kepka, I get to see DeChambeau and Cam Smith this weekend. So I don't miss them anymore. If I don't miss them, I'm not going to tune in the Live Tour to find them, right? Because I could watch them four weekends a year, which is pretty much when most people watch golf, the, yeah. hard, the non-hardcore. Yeah. So now you get to see them in the majors, and it's actually probably bad for the Live Tour because what's the reason to tune into the Live Tour next week, wherever they are, to see Kepka? Well, does anybody realize Brooks Kepka won the last Live Tour last week? Like, nobody cares. I didn't even realize that they were still doing events. Really. Yeah, like they, get, yeah. they don't even bubble up at all. But you know, Greg Norman has had this this crusade to get back at the PGA Tour for a variety of reasons, and this has been decades. And he shook things up, probably helped the PGA kind of clean things up on their end. But these players chose to disappear. If it's such a great product, then why weren't other you know networks waiting in line, falling all over themselves? They weren't going. They weren't going to get in in bed with the Saudis and this tour, and and do that at the detriment of the PGA Tour. But I do miss seeing these players. There are times I'm watching, and I watch a lot of golf, where I go, I don't know who this player is. He's playing well, don't know who he is. Where's Dustin Johnson? You know, even Patrick Reed, not well liked, but man, he's a good bad guy. And he's won the Masters before. Like, I, I miss those storylines. Patrick Reed is disliked from both tours. Like, guys on both tours dislike <laughs> yeah. Patrick Reed. I don't know. I don't know if they dislike him on the Live Tour. Yeah. I know they don't like him on the PGA Tour. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad they get the opportunity. 
to be able to play so we can enjoy some of the great golfers. But to make it seem like, oh, if we win, okay, you have the best golfers. If we look at the top, you know, how top-heavy it is in golf, the best players on the PGA Tour versus the Live Tour players, you know, that'd be a great Ryder Cup. That would be fun. But they do have great players because you spend hundreds of millions of dollars on those players. They better be good. All right, uh, poll question for hour two. Well, give me uh, the results for hour one. I thought it was a really good poll question. Hour one, which had a better month, Major League Baseball or women's college basketball? Right. Might be a little bit of recency bias. Yeah, uh, women's college basketball right now, 68% of the vote. All right. Running away with it. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. Stretch run for uh, the uh, regular season in the NBA. Lakers versus Utah tonight. The Spurs against the Suns. Kings versus Pelicans. The Celtics against the Sixers. And I think it's Joel Embiid's MVP. I know we spent a lot of time. I tried not to spend too much time on it because I don't have a vote. And how I would look at this is different than probably most voters. Is it the best player on the best team? That used to be the case. But then we start to break down the analytics. You know, there was an analytic that said uh, nobody is worse at giving up layups than the Joker is. Okay. You still have to guard him, too, in what he does on the other end. I, you know, people had this argument with Steve Nash years ago when he won back-to-back MVPs. And granted, I thought that he should have won one and Shaq the other. But then I heard this argument. Yeah, but he can't guard anybody. I said, um, okay, who guards him? And is Steve winning that matchup? Because you can't have it both ways. I mean, Steve wasn't a good defender. But then you got to guard him as well. There have been a lot of great offensive players. When's the last time somebody said, yeah, can Iverson guard anybody? Never. Never. Who was guarding Iverson? Does somebody say, Steph Curry can't guard? Now, you might say that, but he would be like Larry Bird. He plays the passing lanes. That was always the argument with Bird. He can't guard him, but he plays passing lanes really well. <laughs> yes, Marv. That was my favorite <laughs> thing about Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson, I think, led the league in steals yeah. at least once. Yes. And for every one steal he would get, he would get burned like another three <laughs> times. And I said, poor Eric Snow. Yeah, Eric Snow's got to pick up, clean up the mess there. But we get caught up in these things, these silly, that's how you win an argument. Well, who's he guarding? I remember, um, what was it, Frank Thomas was winning an MVP, and uh, he wasn't a good defensive player at all. I said, but how is he offensively? Like, it seems to make up for that he's, how about if you're a really good defensive player? But you can't play. You're not a good hitter. I mean, same thing. Yeah, Paul. With the, I don't know if it's going to be game to game with the NBA MVP, but uh, Joel Embiid has a Celtics tonight at home. Yeah, that's a big one. I think that's going to be on national TV. That's yes, yeah, TNT. It's a prime time game. Yeah. NBA had the day off last night. The uh, Jokic, he's got. Uh, well, this could be good for him. He's got the Rockets tonight. Well, he could put up 40. It's not going to matter. Does it doesn't count though if you put up 40? No, it doesn't. Everybody puts up at least 40 on the Rockets. The over-under for Joel Embiid tonight, points versus the Celtics, is 31-and-a-half. But I think it's his anyway. And it's fine. You know, I, I, I think we get caught up in it sometimes, and you're trying to understand what is logic, the analytics, everything that goes into it. I just It was always the eye test for me of knowing what that player does and watching a game. If you watch highlights, you'd never vote for Joker. You'd vote for Giannis. And to me, Giannis is the, the most valuable player. He's the best player in the NBA. 
you know, I want to take you back to, we had the commissioner on, Adam Silver, and we were talking about load management, and I gave him a couple of suggestions. So we had him on, uh, I don't know how long ago that was, it was that April of last year, and yep. I said, you know, we should do positionless all-NBA teams. Don't give me a center, two forwards, two guards. Well, he came out and said, we're not going to do that. We're going to have positionless first, second, third team. And the other part was, I said, how about a minimum number of games for players to be eligible for postseason awards? I think that's a good idea. I think that's something we should look at. I think that would be a way to incentivize guys. Um, I, I think there's an expectation that if you are going to be an MVP or whatever the whatever that award is. Well, even that, first team, second team, third team, all yeah, NBA. Yeah. Sure, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's a good suggestion. I think it's something we're going to be going into collective bargaining fairly soon. And and my sense is it's something that in the aggregate, most players would think is a good idea, too. I mean, my, the conversation we're having is not all that different than the, the one I have with individual players. I mean, I think they're fans of the game. They want to see guys on the floor. And in fairness to the players, in many cases, it's the teams. These load management programs are coming from our teams, not the players. So that was nearly a year ago. Well, the commissioner did listen because now you have to play it in a minimum 65 games to be eligible for postseason awards. If that were the case this year, Giannis wouldn't be eligible. I think he's played in 61, Embiid has played in 63, and Joker's probably played in 67 or 68. You have to have at least 65 games to be eligible for postseason honors. And also, we shouldn't have a center two forward and two guards on the all-NBA teams. And the commissioner acted upon that as well. So I, I do appreciate him coming on and listening, and then he acted upon that as well. You know, even if we nudged him or reminded him, he ended up following through on those things. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 